ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, need them in the summer. All winter without them is a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging. Every time I go out, pick me a pig. Hear that? I just automatically start to smile. I gotta tell you, it's uh, the uh, the opening theme for Yard and Garden Live. 90 minutes of questions and answers to your landscape problems. Now, I tell you, Nebraska Extension Educator Nicole Stoner and her guests are going to help solve any problems that you might have, as long as it deals with your landscape, of course. We call it Yard and Garden Live. You just have to call 402-729-3383. And now, shh, give her a round of applause. The lovely and talented Nicole Stoner. That's enough. Uh, it just gets a little tiny one. It's getting smaller all the time, yeah. isn't it? You don't want my head to get too big. <laughs> oh, my. Are you ready to have a little bit of fun today? Of course. All right. Uh, Yard and Garden Light phone lines are open right now at 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. A real audience participation program. The more calls we have the better you make us sound. So please, don't hesitate. hesitate. Go ahead and call anytime, 402-729-3383. We have our screener right behind me in the form of downtown, Donay Brown. She's going to talk to you real quick, put you on hold, and we'll pop you on the air and get you an answer. And each and every week, we have a guest, and uh, we have kind of a... Uh, a special guest here today, right, Nicole? Well, there, you know, of course she's special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In one way or another. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> so I brought with me uh, Lori Stepanek. She's the Forest Health Management Specialist from the Nebraska Forest Service. Welcome. Thanks no, for coming. Thank you for being here. I, great to be here. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, everybody says that, but, you know, uh, before you leave, we do hook you up to a, a lie detector. <laughs> And, and yeah, yeah, you know, it, it starts buzzing real loud if you're not telling the truth. Uh, so, uh, and uh, Lori, tell everybody what you know, what your title is. What do you like to go by? Yeah, um, you know, forest health specialist, forest health management specialist, some any anything along those lines. Uh, some people say tree doctor, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we have you. I have you down as a uh, forest health man uh, management in forest health management with the Nebraska Forest Service. With the Nebraska Forest Service. So Correct. you uh, yes. and uh, where is where is uh, Lori's office? So my I'm based in Lincoln, but I I work statewide. You do. Yep. Yep. And uh, the the Nebraska Forest Service um, has offices statewide. Sure. We, you know we cover. Um, from Shadron all the way down to the uh, oh boy, what's our farthest southwest southeast person? I can't think Fall right City. now, but Fall, Fall City, City area, probably, yeah. Probably. Um, so, uh, and we have you know rural foresters. We've got folks in community forestry. We have um, fire wildland fire specialists, mm -hmm. um, wood utilization. We we cover the gamut mm -hmm. of uh, uh, anything to do with trees and forests. And um, we probably have, oh, probably uh, 50 or 60 staff, Are there? staff in our agency. Yeah. So, yep. um, and we get all of the, I think 
I think we have most of the eastern, southeastern area ones that come on the show. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of foresters yeah. through the year. Yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, so we get to we get to visit with a lot of them, and uh, so trees basically is one of your primary areas of of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you? Do you you know, do you garden? Do you enjoy uh, landscaping work? Do you like, uh, or are you just, no, nah, trees and just leave me alone? <laughs> no. no, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy gardening. Okay, and, uh, yeah. And uh, I have uh, quite a collection of irises. I love oh. irises. I love, okay. I love the bulbs. Um, I actually only have a couple of apple trees, and that's it for trees in yeah. my yard. But you know, yeah, yeah. so well, that's interesting. Now, do you live in? Link- I am in town. You yeah. are in Lincoln, yeah, so don't you have are a some- lot of space. You're, so. you're somewhat limited. Yeah. Um, what's in your garden? What do you have in your garden? Oh gosh, um, I've already got tomatoes. We have. I have an early. Uh, oh, you do. Fourth uh, of July is what it's called, and I already I had tomatoes in June. So really, yeah. Well, you yep. are like. A rarity this year because, as far yeah. as I've heard, most of them are pretty far behind. Yeah. So uh-huh. did you yeah. did you start these from seedlings or did you find I, them in it? I bought I bought a couple of plants, um, you know, very young plants, and planted them out. And, and okay. And I got I got fruit in the end of June. And they wow. were called what were they called? They're called Fourth of July. They're a, sm- a small. kind of a smaller tomato. Okay. Um, which I I like, and uh, you know, of course, the garden tomatoes are always so much better than what you can buy in the store. Yeah. So, Boy, isn't I've, that the truth? And, I've and, grown and, that one. Have you grown that yeah. one? Mm-hmm. And, and you know they have gotten better. Mm-hmm. The ones you you buy early and in the in the mm-hmm. stores, they have started to get a, a little bit better. Because uh, I remember when I was a kid, you know, you'd in the middle of winter you'd go in and and these they would taste like the gas and the the, the you know the refrigeration <laughs> gas. You know, it's like it was horrible. So they've gotten a little bit better, but they're you're right. They're yeah. just. There's just nothing right there. like uh, like even if it's got a whole bunch of uh, bottom end rot on it, you know, you <laughs> cut that off and that. Yep. Yeah. And the tomato is still better than anything you can generally buy. Um, I yeah. did get some uh, cherry tomatoes out of my garden, but that's the first tomatoes uh, I've got. Yeah. There's uh, some set on, but I just, you know, uh, so my wife has a, a, a group that she meets with ever so often and and they're all you know bragging you know and she's bringing home cucumbers and this that and the, and she keep going when are we gonna have anything <laughs> I don't know I don't know don't leave me alone I'm not sure it's just everything is just pokey it is I mean my my uh, cucumber vines are pokey 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 um, the green beans although they're they escaped the deer this year yeah, uh, they're just you know they're really not even doing much. Notice the uh, <clears throat> cantaloupe mm-hmm. were flowering, mm-hmm. so and they're and they're vining out and they're yeah. you know they're mm-hmm. kind of being a champ of it. But I only do one tomato plant because I just you know it's just w- enough for two people, mm-hmm. and plus there's always a lot of people that'll hey could you use us yes. some tomatoes and I <laughs> yes. you know and so that's nice too. Yes. Um, but yeah, I've got tomatoes mm-hmm. setting, and they've been setting for quite some time. They haven't started to ripen, and it's and flowering. But you have mm-hmm. to remember when we're reaching the ninety-five range yeah. in temperatures, um, the the pollen. I can't remember the actual temperature, but st- pollen becomes sterile on those plants when it's too hot. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then also your um, ripening process slows way down in too hot of weather. Mm-hmm. So you know you think, well, they they need hot weather, and they do. 
but they're they're going to be very slow but, to finish yeah. ripening up and hot. setting. Yeah, yeah. It's a little too hot. It's kind of like a, a magic spot between yes. hot weather and heat stress weather. Isn't right. It? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So they're they'll do better. Um, you know, that's why we tend to see a lot more production, like in that August September time frame when we start mm. a little bit cooler. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna uh, ask you because you know uh, last year I just planted a few. Well, this year I planted a big long roll. Uh, a row of kohlrabi mm-hmm. and they're they're probably mm, about this tall now and they're nice and leafed out those that if it, it, the actual bulb of that actually you can see it at ground level is that right i think so i yeah, i've never too. grown it but, I, but uh, I think yeah it just tends to have a little yeah swollen kind of like there. a radish i think yeah i, yeah, I but think you can see it yeah, yeah. and yeah. so um and, and then i was trying to remember about how big they are before you you know get them and i'm thinking yeah mm-hmm. well smaller than a tennis ball bigger yeah. than a golf ball somewhere in that come kind of yeah. right around you in there you don't want them really big because then they probably get kind of woody or yeah, yeah. pithy However, or woody there, there is a variety i think it's called cossack k-o-s-s-a-k i think um and it is like Seriously, they're the size of your head. We wow. Grew, we grew them one year for uh, for our 4-H in Gage County. And I asked the parents, you know, is it, yeah, is are it they woody okay? or yeah. is it okay? And because it's the variety that's supposed to get big, they said it was it was still really yeah. good. So yeah. it was like they were giant. They yeah. were like the size of cabbages. You you know, you look around for like recipes to use these things. And there's a lot of recipes, but they just never make it. I mean, uh, I bring them in and, you know, and... Uh, uh, peel them and then cut them into like sticks or whatever and man it just it's like eating carrots you know they're just really good fresh fresh okay yeah. so anyway i'm I'm looking for uh a healthy abundance of those there you go yeah so anyway that's my garden and, and so do you have yeah. you have tomatoes you have uh Cucumbers, uh, the whole kind of yeah, everything, a little I've, bit. I've, I've, um, in the past, I've done a lot of peas. I didn't do them this year. I didn't get them out early enough. And uh, oh know, and, yeah, and then it probably you know we ha- it was so hot Gosh, too. Yeah, I, you know that's a tough one to. Yeah, and to that's really, another yeah. peas. I used to I because my kids would love to go out and you know. And yeah. and pick them. You just pick them and you, eat them. It, yeah. They never made it into the yes. house, do they? <laughs> yeah, they're, they they're never delicious. make it into the house. I love it. <laughs> yeah. We have our first call here. I hope I didn't ignore you too long, Rhonda. I I looked down. And I saw we had a call. I hope you <laughs> hope you were pet. You're patient. You're well. You're still giggling. What's your <laughs> what's your what's your question? Well, I have a couple of I call them antique rose bushes. They're ones I transplanted from my in-laws' farm to our farm. And so, I mean, they could be, I don't know how old, way old, because they're the old type that have, you know, they just bloom once a year, and they're very fragrant and stuff, but they're not like the hybrid roses. Mm-hmm. But anyway, over the years, I've had them probably 15 years maybe. Um, one of them, it has Chinese elm trees that growing up within it, and we cut them back, but then they just seem like they shoot more shoots off then, and, and it's even harder to cut back. And I was wondering, is there a way to get rid of those Chinese elms within the rose bush without hurting the rose bush? Um, it's going to be a little difficult. Um, what I would do is, as you cut them off, I would do a little stump treatment with like a Roundup, 
would probably be your mm -hmm. safest option. Um, you can use 240, but that can easily yeah. move to other plants, and especially not this time of year if you did. I think Roundup's yeah. probably going to be your well, best I'm option. I'm thinking like in the spring because we've already gone through and mm -hmm. pruned out mm -hmm. as much as we could mm -hmm. already this year. I still think I would yeah, stick I, with the Roundup. I'd probably go with Roundup. You, and I would actually, um, if they're probably going to try to re-sprout again yet this year, so I would kind of go a little bit later, end of the su summer, uh, go ahead and cut them back cut them down and then just kind of paint those those stumps okay. with a little be very careful because you want that that's the time of year that the things are going back down into the root oh, system, they're taking it back know, in because huh? it's fall you mm. know and so you know sure and so then it'll you the goal is to you know kill that root system so just very carefully paint on a little bit of um, roundup or the active ingredient is glyphosate okay and um yeah, because anymore now there's so many products <laughs> yeah. called Roundup now, yeah, yeah, and they're right. not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. there's not really so, glyphosate, uh, yes. glyphosate in all in all of the Roundup products. So correct, you got to really kind of yeah. yeah. be watch for that. Yeah, that would probably be the best thing yep. to okay. do on those, and just okay. carefully, you know, don't get any of that on the roses, mm -hmm. and just very carefully. I like to, I you know, when I paint mine, I like to use those. Uh, um, foam rubber the foam brushes foam rubber brushes mm -hmm. okay yeah and, and and you you know if it if once it hits the ground it's it's you know it's not effective anymore so you know if you if you're doing it and some of it drops out on the ground it's okay which is not the same when 24d in right. hot weather it hits the ground and it even if it's not windy it can still uh move around on you That's so and the, and the the one thing the that roundup would kill those Right. Yep, yep, yes. yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay. It's going to take probably multiple applications. It's not to one do and that. done, so, yeah. You know, for a few years, you may have to, in the spring and the fall, even um, do it maybe both times, just cut them back off and treat them a little bit. But one thing, you know, a lot of people want to use a Tordon, and you don't want to use that here. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, it's not labeled for use there, but B, it would kill your roses as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so and, then, and then I have one that I've got some brome grass growing up in it. Kind of use the same technique then? Um, with the brome grass, you could use grass be gone over the roses. Oh, yeah. And oh, that. grass be gone. Mm -hmm. okay. It smells funny, and it takes a while it takes to a work. While. yeah. But it it does work. Uh, would uh, tenacity work in there or not? Yeah, you're, now you're going, mm -hmm. ah, I don't know. I don't Can't know if you can use that around, around roses. Yeah. roses. Yeah. yeah. Around what? Around the roses. Yeah. yeah. It's called tenacity. It, it It's great out in your yard. It doesn't hurt anything, you know, none of your grass except for the the grass that you don't like. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I have I seen with, with tenacity, and I don't know, uh, you know, if it was more of a uh, the amount that was applied or whatever, but I have seen um, uh, some uptake by woody species. Oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and it true. turns the leaves white. Mm -hmm. Boy, doesn't so, it? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I probably would avoid yeah. using that yeah. near the roses. I would, and you can use that grass be gone. You can spray it right over the roses. It's not going to hurt the yeah. roses. Um, okay. The only way, I mean, you can use a Roundup in there, too, or the, the glyphosate product, um, but you would have to kind of rub it along the stems, either with that foamy paintbrush or the glove of death, as we call it. Mm -hmm. yeah, which is grass be gone would actually work better because it Yep. Yeah, any, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it would be hard to find, get every little, little blade. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, right. it, what the simplest is the best for me too, Rhonda. I got gotcha. <laughs> you. Um, what? And the, make whatever's simpler 
is always works the best because you have a tendency to, to do it more often. A lot of times when people call in with trees that are, you know, not where they want them, they want to kill them, uh, and Nicole will say, and when you use the, the glyphosate, don't dilute it like the, uh, the label says. But these are really small, little bitty guys. In the trees? Yeah. You could either way. Either uh, way. Yeah, you could use just the concentrate on them, and it'd be just fine. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Happy. You guys have a great day. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good yeah. one. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. See, that didn't hurt a bit. And <laughs> we'll be back with more of your phone calls. Love to have you be part of the program. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. We'll be back. Well, we are back on Yard and Garden Live, 402-729-3383, and uh, we have a call. We have Jenny from Beatrice. Hi, Jenny. Oh, uh, What's your question? Hi. I am. Oh, this one. Okay. I have a couple questions. Um, I have used a bug killer for my plants, and... That was about two weeks ago, and it really didn't work. Um, those little flying grasshopper things, the real tiny ones, are back, and they're chewing holes in everything, um, especially my sunflowers and my tomatoes. Do you have any suggestions on those? Are they grasshoppers or just grasshopper-looking things? They're little, they're tiny, but they look like grasshoppers. So they're the immature. I don't know what they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're immature grasshoppers. Grasshoppers okay. look the same through their whole life cycle. Okay. They're just smaller. Um, what was the bug killer you used? Oh, I think it was triazidine. Tri Is that labeled for use on the tomato? Yes. It says vegetables and um, Do you know what lawn and garden. Do you know what the active ingredient is in that? Because that's that um, triazide, no, right? Because I already threw the bottle away. Oh, okay. <laughs> so one of the things with grasshoppers to keep in mind um, is that a good – so grasshoppers move and kind of stay in, like, the ditch areas where, or, like, the roadside areas and then wander in and attack our plants and then wander back. Hmm. So when you okay. treat grasshoppers, it's important to treat that roadside area as well. Um, and okay. a lot of different chemicals will work for grasshoppers um, on like the roadside or the plants. You could use something like a tempo. Um, but on the vegetable plants, I'd probably stick with seven or eight um, would take care of them okay. for you there. But remember to treat out there as well. You have any? Mm -hmm. yeah, yes. That sounds good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They seem to stay in the horseradish leaves. Mm -hmm. Okay. For some yeah. reason, <laughs> make sure you hit that then too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, but the but hitting that roadside area—that's where they're going to kind of congregate, and so you'll get a pretty good control of those. And yeah, and you probably okay. have to do a, multiple applications. Yeah. And you know, two weeks is about as long as that's most of those pesticides are going to last. 
most if you read the label okay. it'll tell you to like reapply after two weeks or so so that may be part yeah, of it too said like three months or something which i knew better but three months mm. yeah um. <laughs> but you, 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 <laughs> i don't you, think so <laughs> what one you know you're doing you know you want to get them when they're small too so yes so you you've got mm. the timing down you once they get bigger they the bigger they are the harder they are to get rid of you had a had another question yes i did um we are um someone was mentioning i think it was you about the heat and um slowing down the um the growth mm-hmm. and um stuff so i am doing heirloom they're slow to get ready anyway mm-hmm. so um is this heat really going to slow them down more do you know or um, it, I don't and think that, it's going to slow them down a ton more. Your heirloom should, cause so when you planted the heirloom, it's going to tell you how many days to germination or to harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be a little bit longer than some of the more traditional hybrid ones, but it's not going to be a ton of difference. Um, other than like versus like your 4th of July variety or the early girl, which are made to, you know, for a very short season. Um, otherwise they're going to be in the same boat as the others so i don't think it's going to be that far off for you on that yeah yeah they're a good three feet maybe mm-hmm. some are four feet um yeah, i've been those... pruning like crazy on the bottom um and i have quite a few tomatoes on everything it's just it seems it's yep. slow for okay. them to ripen yep it's just um, the heat they'll can't because you know what's going to happen they're going to start ripening and then you're going to go Wow, why did I plant this many? <laughs> you have to do I, all the canning at once. We at 120, so. Wow, oh my goodness. Okay. All right. I'm going to have a produce stand, so I have 12 different kinds of tomatoes. Uh, gotcha. So, gotcha. Well, we'll... Okay, uh, I have one more question. Uh, okay, sure, go ahead. Um, we planted popcorn, mm. and on purpose, I didn't weed it right away. So now it's about eight inches the water grass weeds inside is there a way to kill any of that without hurting the popcorn uh just hand pulling <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what i do just hand yeah. pulling and, do. and mulch so i just thought i'd throw it out there and see if there was an answer or something yeah out there you can't that. you know you can't you can't use grass be gone because well corn, corn is, is a, a grass and yeah. it's not labeled for use in a yeah, vegetable sure. garden yeah. either all right Anyway, listen, yeah. uh, we will send an advertiser, uh, an advertising executive to come and see you when, when you get your uh, stand put together. It sounds like you're going to have a, <laughs> enough produce that you'll want to buy some advertising. Jenny, thank you for calling. We love hearing from you. And have uh, All right, thank you. You betcha. Have a good weekend. 402-729-3383. Love to have you a part of the program here on a yard and garden live. I um, was looking at, we've got an update. Thank you to uh, Donay Brown. Uh, we have an updated farmer's market. Uh, we were telling everybody where the farmer's markets were. And we had a listener over in Sterling last uh, or this past week had heard us talk about the farmer's markets and went, wait a minute, they're not mentioning us. So, yeah, so we added added Sterling to it. And, and if you know, if you hear, 
your town's not on here, for goodness sakes, let us know. We'll love to put it on. But uh, Tuesdays, uh, the uh, Farmer's Market in Wilbur is at the corner of 3rd and Harris from 4 until 6.30. Uh, Crete on Thursday, Crete, Beatrice, and Washington on Saturday it's Marysville, Washington, Hebron, and Fairbury. And every other Saturday, starting tomorrow, Farmer's Market in downtown Sterling will be open from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. in downtown Sterling every other Saturday. So they'll be there the 16th, July 30th, August 13th, and the 28th, unless something gets turned around and they want to give us a call. Uh, but uh, 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. there in Sterling. And remember, if you didn't hear your town, you got a farmer's market going on, uh, let us know. We'd be, uh, we'd love to tell other people about it. Right now, we have Robert from Fairbury with a question. Hi, Robert. What's, uh, what's the question? Well, good morning, Randall. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm okay, but I'm still so doggone short. You know, I asked you a long time ago, uh, about uh, those those uh, Japanese beetle traps, you know, you're not supposed to do that because you'll tick off your neighbors. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I don't care about my neighbors, so yeah. How far away from a garden or plants and everything can you put those traps and draw them away? So, yeah, because Robert has an acreage, and how many how many acres do you have out there? Probably, I mean, how far? 85. Okay, so I mean it's a huge area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? And 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 I don't I don't want to mention any names, but uh, I was I talked to uh, an acreage owner the other day who told me that yeah they knew they didn't you know it's not a good idea to to put these traps up, but at this point they said what difference does it make? You know they had so many. They had a linden tree that was just, just you know, yeah, looking bad. And so the, the, their their point was, you know, they they, they showed me a bucket. I mean, and it and was it, full. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have had a full bucket without. Well, that. I think they kind of think maybe. <laughs> I don't think you would. Yeah, you know, they kind of think maybe you're not right about that. But anyway, yeah. Do you have an answer yeah. for 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 Robert? Boy, I don't know. The 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 thing with. Uh, uh, Japanese beetle is that once they start getting attracted to a location, and that might be your linden tree, it won't matter if you've got a trap, you know, a hundred yards down. They're they're going to be drawn to that linden tree already, and drawn to the pheromones that the mm-hmm. the ones that are currently there are sending mm-hmm. out. So, but you know i you know what's the distance to draw them away you know the others i don't i don't have a good answer for that uh, how what are uh, what are are they in your garden or you got a, or do you yeah, have they're, a, they're in my vegetable garden yeah mm-hmm. yeah what i would say your best option there is to just keep on the insecticides for it like your 7 or your seven. 8 yeah. Seven's probably going to be best for um, japanese beetles especially in a garden um, but I just stick on the, just like you do with squash bugs, you spray every couple of weeks to make sure you keep a, a good boundary there for them. Um, uh, <clears throat> squash bugs, we pick them every day, and and we powder and, and spray every day. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and they're still there. And they're, they're still doing there. everything in sight. So don't, I wouldn't use it every day. 
Um, according to the label, I think it's two weeks between applications, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. So doing it every day, you can cause other issues um, besides the... Um, well, the I mean, we're out there picking them every day. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I thought you were you yeah. were powdering the plants every yeah. day. So don't do that every day. But um, yeah, if you, you stick on with the, the chemicals, your pesticides, that's between that and hand pulling or hand picking them off or with the bucket of soapy water, those are going to be probably your best options in the vegetable garden. And I know that's not a good answer, um, but it's just they're they're tough. Um, this is the problem with these invasive type, types of insects. They come here, they have no natural predators, and we're like a buffet line for them. Um, well, we got a natural predator. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you need to do is uh, get your your peacocks trained to eat these things? Yeah. You know? Oh, they don't like them. I know. I know. I know. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. I I think the chickens like them. I was them. gonna say I think I, I've heard chickens like them. Chickens. Yeah. Get get yourself yeah. some chickens. And you could use. And we you got chickens too. Okay. okay. Well, you can always use the eggs, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah our, 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 our. Well, one. you know, Robert, I guess, you know, the the answer there is they really don't know. And, uh, well, wow. And something for you to experiment with, Nigby. I don't know. Well, all right. Thanks for your help. Well, you know, yeah, really. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, talk to you later. You betcha. Uh, 402-729-3383, 402-729-3383. I tell you, I told this, bro I said, says, see that trap? That's because I'd never seen one, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. traps for these. And before, before I even opened my mouth, I go, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. You know, that just attracts more. And at this point they said, I don't know. You know, they'd have to be, you know, carrying 14 on their back to get more. They do. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But they do jumble up pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, those traps, they they bring a lot more in than what you've got. And it's, it's a tough one. Um, and like we were talking before the show, I mean, I'm getting constant calls on it. Um, and it's. It's now really, it hasn't really been a huge problem in the Beatrice area until this year. Really? Last year, maybe a little bit, but really starting to oh, this year. Man. I just um, hate hearing that and, because, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just such a gardener who doesn't like to go out there and have to do that, you know. And, and yeah. if, I, if I, if it gets to be that much work, I'm just, I'm happy to support the farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Yeah, it's, so, so far, we haven't, you know, in town anyway, in my area, haven't, you know, haven't had, haven't had that much of a problem. And so Fairbury but, had a big problem with them a few years back, and they've kind of settled down a little bit in the area. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of their yeah. their role, is that they come out, and they're mm -hmm. really big for a couple of years, and then once mm. they've kind of... Yeah. gotten through that then they kind of move on and they're not as bad in that area do you agree Lori? yeah it's a I, little yeah little the bit. first years the first few years that they show up in a community yeah you tend to start seeing a big build up in the population yeah. and then it kind of drops down yeah. to not not to non-existent but certainly you more know, manageable a little levels. more manageable. well a lot yeah. of people don't know this ladies but uh, the mayor of fairbury has taken this problem in his own hands and has uh, 
I can't I can't tell you exactly what he's done to discourage these um, uh, uh, Japanese beetles, but uh, we just don't have that problem uh, as at like other towns do, and it's all because of our mayor. Well, that's mm. very good. Yes. Very good. That's good. And and our and our sheriff's department. Well, good. They have uh, they've ran. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Are they, they arresting them? They are. They are. They are. They, and, and, and taking them out to the county line, shooing them oh, along. Oh, so that's why we got so many more in beer. Kind of like back in the 30s and 40s with vagrants, you know. They take them to the county line and, and drop them off. I, I, I learned this from Andy and Mayberry, so it's okay. okay. Uh, don't look at me like that. Like, no, what are we doing that? Uh, but, yeah. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. I know um, uh, a, a young lady who has knockout roses. That you know, she, if anything comes near her knockout roses, she completely flies to pieces. Um, and these uh, Japanese beetles, they, they they love roses. They love roses. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's one of their favorites. Yeah. That and the linden are that probably the linden. Their, their two yeah. favorites. I, I guarantee you, I will know. I had a rose. I had a couple of roses, and I, I just, I didn't like them. And so I got rid oh, of them. I and love I, my roses. Nah, I just don't, I don't care for them. So I love them. maybe I won't have uh, a problem with it. I'm certainly not going <laughs> to be planting a linden tree. Jeannie uh, from Hanover. Hi, Jeannie. What's, uh, what's your question? You were talking earlier about the kurabi. Yeah, kurabi. And I have a raised garden, and my kurabi has great big leaves. It's growing well, uh-huh. but it doesn't seem to put the bulb on. So, is it too early for it? I know it was planted a little later, but yeah. I, well, it? I, I, Mike, my, my, I could ask that same question. Mine looked the exact same way because I did go out and look at them the other day, and because they were getting a little bit eat up by bugs too. Did yours get a little? Did you get some bug eating on yours? Oh, I think I had grasshoppers eating on yeah. mine. Yeah, but uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, the the leaves are great, and and uh, you know what's really good is that the, it's such a thick kind of foliage that it doesn't get a lot of undergrowth, like grass right. get in there. Yeah, but I don't I don't have I don't have any bulbs forming on mine yet I the think last i, I look give them a little more time yeah more time on. yeah i think so yep i think so okay. too if they look good um on the the plant itself it's just a matter of time yeah and what's nice about them and not you know they're different than radish because you know you get this real great top on your radish and you can pull it and it's like <laughs> this little <laughs> little yes. dinky thing <laughs> but with kohlrabi it, it actually shows you mm-hmm. It shows you the, uh, the 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 edible root. So yeah, yeah. give it some more time, Jeannie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's well, I'll try that. Yeah, thank we'll uh, we'll compare notes here in a couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So okay. Bye bye. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Another kohlrabi. You know, on the okay. radish thing, they're tricky because sometimes they look like they're really. Big That's what either. I mean. Yeah, they look. Like the, you see a red, yeah. and you think this is a nice big radish. You pull it out, and it's like the size of your fingernail. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like <laughs> boop, nothing there, nothing there. So then, you. so then your plant's gone. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, it's not like yep. you can. You can't. It's not like you can replant it. Yeah, you can't like it put it back. Keep yeah. going after I, you pulled it out yeah. of the ground. You know, I I, I saw a discussion. Uh, I think it was uh, online. Uh, somebody who's like a first-time gardener, and they wanted to know uh, about 
how can you tell when your cantaloupe Ooh. are ripe? Mm-hmm. And then I figured, it's I, I figured this out last year. Did you? You yes. know, I, for me, and for some reason, that's one of the things that I can grow that is just, I mean, dynamite, mm-hmm. great. I don't grow a lot of them, but the ones I do get are always sweet and juicy and good. And I pick mine when I go out, and they look like they're ripe, and I just barely roll them from yep. side to side. And if it just falls off the vine, it's time. Yes. And if you wait two days later, they're it'll rotten. crack. <laughs> yeah, yes. they'll crack. And if you go too early, they're hard. That's right, yeah. yeah so I found that out last yeah. year when I grew cantaloupe. Just, just wait. pull right yeah. off. Yep, yeah. They do. Yeah, they certainly do. That works for me anyway. Uh, Ed from Ruskin. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's pretty warm here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, What's on your mind? You got a problem? A question? I got two problems. One is I have some tomatoes planted in tubs, and they started looking like the the leaves are turning to leather. And a friend of mine told me there were spider mites. So I've been putting... Seven and eight, and then I finally went to the liquid seven, and they, they're growing yet, but the leaves are still all curled up, looking awful. That's the first question. Hmm. The second question is if uh, on my viney plants we have a squash bug that kills them all the time, so I quit raising vines. But I'm putting uh, seven around the base of the plant. Will that keep them from killing them? That's my two questions. Of which kind of insect was that on the vines? I put seven on the vines, the squash bug, I think. For squash bugs. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you want to take the first one, Lori? Oh, well. well, It it kind of sounds like uh, something got sprayed on your tomatoes, huh? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Are those uh, tomato leaves um, green, or are they starting to yellow, or? They're green, but they're they're just like leather and curling up. Okay. That sounds like a herbicide problem. I think they may have gotten a dose of something like 2,4-D or one of the other um, growth regulator type herbicides that are used on broadleaf trees or broadleaf weeds. And tomatoes are very, very sensitive to those types of herbicides. And they will tend to cause uh, the leaves to kind of curl up or crinkle up. um, And and often they will be kind of leathery like that. Mm So okay. I think, yeah, I think that either like it could have come me. from your own yard, it could have come from the neighbors. It's hard to pinpoint where the those herbicides come from because they are, they tend to be very volatile and they can drift very easily from uh, from where they were applied. And what happens okay. is is it volatizes because of the the heat. People, we need to get we got to get mm-hmm. this through that we want to put the two four D away. Like a month okay, ago, the Trimec <laughs> is this another one, right? Mm-hmm. It has it in there. It's just it gets too hot, and then it, even if there's no wind, mm-hmm. somebody you know mm-hmm. two yards, three yards over uh, can be using this, and the next thing you know, you, and and tomatoes are kind of like the canary in the uh, in the mine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It, it's one of those plants that really, it can tell you before anything else that somebody's out there probably spraying one of those, mm-hmm. uh, one of those things when it's too hot. Yeah, and there's not really anything you can do about it. It's it's no. uh, you know you're just gonna have to just kind of continue to water your your tomatoes and and talk to your neighbors and say let's mm. not apply any weed killers yeah. in the by the way of summer. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a conversation that's kind of hard to have yes. right yes. but uh, 
But one thing you don't want to do, I think, correct me, you don't want to go out now and, like, uh, fertilize those tomato plants, right? No. Now, I don't think I would. Yeah, no. because now really? they're they're stressed enough, and and you, you just, you're usually you don't fertilize anything that's got a lot of stress going on. The right? hard part with okay. the the hard part with the herbicide drift is you don't know what was applied. Yeah. So you don't know when or if it will be safe to consume. Um so the recommendation is to scrap that plant. And that's up oh. to you. And mm-hmm. it is it, it is up to you, but it yeah, is, but you, it's something yeah. you might want to give a little thought to, yeah. you know. Now to the squash bugs, um you said you were spraying at the base of the plant for them. Right. So squash bugs are the ones that are on the underside of the leaves. So you want to make sure that you're concentrating your sprays on the underside of the leaves. It does not hurt for you to also spray the base of the plant because that'll keep um, help with squash vine borer. But for the bug itself, um, the actual squash bugs. So these are two different species, but the bug is on the underside of the leaves mostly. Okay. Which mm-hmm. is the one that lays the eggs in the in the base of the plant? Oh, that's squash vine borer. Okay. Yeah, so and you're right and, about that. Once you once you get on it, base. once you get them in, they're just yeah, they're gonna be there. And 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 is that why you uh, went to a tub or something? These are out in the garden. Oh, I the, don't have oh, those in a tub. I got you. Okay, very good. All right, all right. Well, good luck with all of that, Ed. Okay. Have, Alrighty. Have a good day. You, you betcha. Yeah, bye. That was nice talking with Ed from Ruskin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's nice talking to everybody that that calls. Uh, that might be you next, 402-729-3383. We're going to take a quick time out, and we'll be back with more of your calls. 402-729-3383. Yard and Garden Live on Old Red 99.5. Oh, my goodness. Yard and Garden Live, where everybody is right. <laughs> 100% of the time. Huh? You better believe it. <laughs> Having a good time here on Yard and Garden Live. And in fact, uh, if you uh, have a question, you'd like to get an answer, now would be a great time to call. 402-729-3383. Big, uh, big uh, golden earring fan, are you, Nicole? I just like this. Oh, it's you like song. it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. It's catchy, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's go and talk with Bruce from Virginia. Hi, Bruce. You have a question. Go ahead. Yeah, I have two of them. Uh, the first one, what's the go-to chemical for lawn clover nowadays? What's that? What was the last part? The chemical for lawn clover. For clover. For clover. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, so you can use like a 2,4-D product or a triclopyr product, but I would wait till the fall. So you would want to do that, um, for, get two or three applications on, about two weeks in between, and I would um, I would go like September 30th, October 15th, and maybe if you want a third one, October 30th. If you watch the weather forecast and make sure it yes. doesn't get up yep. over 85 degrees, right? Yeah. Yeah, typically by the end. Of, He's got his radio on. Typically by the end of September, we're hopefully out of that range, but not always. Um, and if so, just wait another week or so. But you can get a couple on 
you know, in that, at least in October timeframe, do two applications and just go with either a 2,4-D or something that contains triclopyr. And what else you're going to get is great control on any of your dandelions that yeah, you might come across. Yeah, dandelions, creeping charlie, clover, um, any of those perennial weeds. And if you do um, one of those applications real late in, in October, then that will also help you with henbit. So, yeah. Are you, one are one you, other comment, though, I, I, I would like to make just uh, regarding clover it is a tough one to control yes. and i think um, we need to be a little more if we can be a little more <laughs> relaxed about having a little bit of clover in your yard because right. it, it it's a it's really kind of a beneficial plant um, it it's uh, it does you know as it dies back a little bit it provides a little nitrogen to the to the soil and you know the the honeybees sure love the flowers so yeah. and and so you know if we can use a little bit less herbicide um and and not worry too much about the clover yeah, that's in your a good lawn, point it's you know, a good point you know, along that line i think yeah. clover comes into like under fertilized lawns Mm-hmm. So if you fertilize a little bit, that might help with some of that That's true. in a non-herbicide way yeah. as yep. well. So. What else you got, Bruce? Have uh, you ever heard of anybody putting um, like a vine uh, on their pumpkins? I, my pumpkins have 50 foot of vine and yet to shoot a bloom. Okay. A lot of vine, no bloom on Pumpkins. What do you think there, Nicole? Have you done any fertilization? Yes. How much? I I I use twelve, twelve, twelve. Uh, about every eight. Every how many? Every ten days. Okay, so uh, stop fertilizing. Too much nitrogen, you'll have a great plant with no produce. Okay. Yep. I would just shut the fertilizer off for now. How about doing some, no? Some what? Yeah, the vines oh, are, cutting the it back vines a little are bit. incredible. I don't know that you need to cut it at all. Okay. But I think, um, so, yeah, so fertilization on our vegetable crops is typically done more in the spring. Um, and once it's time where they should start putting on produce, um, then you want to stop fertilizing because that nitrogen We'll, we'll have, you'll have beautiful plants. Like you said, you've got nice, big, beautiful, very long vines, no produce. So um, I would just stop the fertilization now. All right. Thank you very much. And I appreciate Hey, thank Bruce, you. thank you for listening. That's great. We really appreciate it. And my dad used to do the same thing with his beets. He just fertilized them beets to no end and had the greatest beets on top, but right. no roots. Nothing roots, yeah. Couldn't tell him any different either. Uh, hi, Janelle. Janelle is uh, over in Steiner, and she's got a question. And by the way, uh, we have Gerald from Munden. Uh, we'll get to you next. Janelle, what's going on? Oh, I have a huge acorn squash plant, and it's just growing and putting on acorns just like you would like to have it. But it's getting into my peppers and my cabbage, and I shorten up those vines or will that kill it yeah you can cut them back if you need to a little bit Um, if you can kind of redirect the vines that sometimes helps you don't want to cut it back too far but i think it it won't hurt to snip off the ends a little bit Um, don't just do it like in a random location go back to where a leaf you know cut it off right before the leaf but I think you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. I think you you may, um, you know, those leaves 
are actually providing, you know, the, the sugar and the growth into those um, squash. So, you know, if you cut back really close to a, to a fruit, to a squash, uh, that one may not develop as well. That's true, too. But uh, mm-hmm. anything further back along the vine ought to be okay. Okay, I'll try it. I just didn't want to kill it. Sure. I'm sure I can have my peppers and my cabbage. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just remember when you plant it that those kinds of plants need lots of space. Yeah. We, you know, sometimes we all run into that where we just get them a little too close or they yeah. just grow yeah. a little too much. But I do um, maybe next year give it a little more space. Yeah. Well, yeah, I tried that. But it, <laughs> it still grows too much, doesn't it? Sometimes they get away from us. <laughs> uh, uh, g- good luck, Janelle. You betcha. Uh, and that opens up a couple of lines, by the way. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. If you tried to get through, couldn't because all the lines were busy. Now would be a great time to call. 402-729-3383. Gerald. Munden, what's going on, sir? Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to have to spray for deer this year, and I was just wondering what I could use and when it would be a good time to do it. Well, the best thing you can do for deer is probably lead poisoning, I think. But uh, <laughs> during season. Can you buy that uptown? <laughs> during season. Yeah, during season. <laughs> you know, I, I have I have that kind of a problem myself, uh, and there's really Outside of keeping them out with a fence, there's not a whole lot you can do. Not a lot that's very effective. What are they feeding on? Oh, my corn, of course. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna end up taking about 20, 20 or thirty percent of that twenty acre field. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Let me yep. tell you, I was at Kimmel. Uh, I was at Arbor Day Farms uh, last weekend. They have acres and acres and acres of gorgeous apple trees. And and they have all of that fenced because of deer. Oh yeah. I mean, there's just. Oh yeah. And if there was anything you could spray on it, uh, I think Ar- Arbor Day Farm would know about it. And they just they you know, well, there's, there's really not much. There's things that may work for a couple of days. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's not gonna really save that. Um, well, I, what what they do is they is they go in there when the the corn's about four or five feet tall and they they eat the top of it off where the tassel is of course yep and that's the end of that yeah yep that's the end of that yeah and it just uh it's an awful thing to have to go through because you know we feed them and we and we fix the fence when they run through it and we fix our cars when they smash into them and right yeah get a damn thing from the same hand yeah yeah and they're big rodents you know (laughs) you know that's where they are that's okay. what they are. You know, in 20 acres, I, you know, I don't know, I, you know, what in the world I would do. But I know people that in their gardens, what they will do is they will run a, a, an electric wire that's just about the right height, okay? And then on that wire, they'll fold over uh, aluminum foil, and then they will smear the aluminum foil with peanut butter. Now, whether it works or not, I don't know. But wouldn't yeah. it just be worth it to go out and see a deer have to get, you know, get its little tongue shocked because and and to keep them out of your produce? Well, well that that seems awful cruel. <laughs> not to me. <laughs> De- Dennis Ferraro said he did that, and um, 
at one point he didn't realize his fencing actually stopped working, but the deer were trained to stay away. Yeah, from they smelled the probably smelled uh, the peanut butter and didn't want it. They got they zapped and they didn't it. like it. Yeah. <laughs> they jump over it. <laughs> they jump over yeah. around here. Yeah, yeah, they could probably jump over it. You're right, yeah, but maybe the worst, the worst parts of it are where uh, you know where the trees are thick and they just go across the road and then they like a big smorgasbord to them. Yep. Uh-huh. One one thing oh. I have heard is that you could sometimes run. Um, a few strands of fishing line um, along, all around, and um, the deer can't really see it, and yet they they feel something when they're trying to get in there. So that, that sometimes deters them pretty well, too. I don't know. That's something I've heard Some people try. to try. Yeah. There's also... They take, they, take of, they take a lot of fishing line. <laughs> right, I've right. also heard yeah. if there's a tree nearby um, that you could try, like, and honestly, Irish spring soap sometimes will keep them away because they'll kind of try to nibble on that and then say, "Ew, this is not good." Well, I've even I've even collected on crop insurance because they they mm-hmm. were in there so bad. Yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've seen fields yeah. where they're pretty bad. I think out in California, they have uh, they're trying a new program out there. They're actually uh, hiring deer psychologists to. <laughs> okay, that's enough oh, of that. We, we're gonna have we're gonna have a wind farm down here. That'll that'll got me drive that away. One. I don't even <laughs> want to open up that can of worms with anybody. All right. Well, we actually actually we have uh, in the town uh, not too far from me. We have all these people that have these uh, no wind turbine uh, signs up in the yard. Uh huh. And I actually saw one uh, blow over the other day with the wind. Really? Okay. Wow. All right. That's enough out of you, sir. Please do call back anytime, though. All right. You are a joy to hear. Uh, call back anytime. And we have Kirk. Oh, Kirk from Harbine. I might know this character. Hi, Kirk. What's your uh, What's your question? How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking. We got a couple of breaks to take, but uh, other than that, I, we can handle most of it. So, so first off, you're, you're leading with in uh, in this uh, session with the radar love uh, golden earring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Thumbs well, up. Okay, okay. <laughs> See, he liked um, it too. <laughs> yeah, my wife told me a story about that this morning so she'll get a kick out of that okay. that song so okay. anyways um you had mentioned hen bet mm-hmm. and uh-huh. our yard is slowly getting overtaken can i do anything right now or do i need to wait till it cools off now since are you seeing it right now oh yeah then it's not in shaded areas like where yep. i mean everything I don't know that I've ever had a summer where everything is so green that's, in July, right? So that's not henbit. This time of year, it wouldn't be henbit. That would be our perennial weed called Creeping Charlie or Ground oh, okay. Ivy. They're, they look very similar. The flowers are very similar. Henbit stands a little more upright. Creeping Charlie is more of a prostrate type of plant, so it grows more along the ground. Um, and the flowers are a smidge bluer, but you can't really tell that. Um, but basically, so, it th- so what I would do is in the fall, I would, I would do that two, four D product, um, or a di- or a ti- uh, trimec a couple times, um, in through the fall, once it's cool, do them about two weeks apart. So about end of September and mid October. And, you know, if you want to do a third one at the end of October, you're all right there too. But I would start, so that's a start. Okay. So you're going to keep doing this two or three times every fall. Um, to really get that knocked back. So that's a that's a pretty aggressive perennial weed that we get. 
Um, and especially since you're saying it's in the shade, it prefers shade. However, I've seen Creeping Charlie just doing wonderfully out in full sun, hottest spot of the yard. And but this is uh, really kind of worse than hen bit, it sounds. It, yeah, it probably is. Because, yeah, it's, yeah, because perennial. it's perennial. And yeah. And it's, it, it's a tough one, and it spreads pretty rapidly. Yeah, because hen bits, you generally, by this time, it's like long gone, just a right. memory. Right. But, yeah, so yeah, there you well, go. Good. Well, I, pre- I, I learned a lot here already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I could uh, apply uh, two or three times this fall. Uh-huh. Um, about when can I start and how, what, like how, in, how far in between applications? Well, you want to, number one, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that the temperatures are okay. Yep. You, you, okay, very good. Then go ahead. So uh, two weeks between applications, and usually what I tell people is, um, as long as the weather's cool enough, um, September 30th, October 15th, and if you want a third one, October 30th. That gives you two weeks in between each one, and should and that's at the time when they're still they're moving stuff into their roots, and they'll take a lot of that chemical with them, and you're go- you're going to get a lot better kill that time of year. Um, so yeah. Excellent. Well, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, do you got time for one more? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, bees in the chimney of our house. So that would I'd be probably called, bring somebody in well, for that. Yep. Yeah. I would probably call a pesticide company yeah. or a pest control yeah. company, because um, sometimes, um, you know, in certain areas, a beekeeper can come and and take the bees and move move them out of a location into um, a new, like a hive, but I'm not sure if in the chimney is going to be a, a good one. Um, and I know like, cause we'll get them every once in a while in between wall voids mm-hmm. and those are not good either. Um, and right. so, yeah, so it. it might be a pest control company and then a chimney sweep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's a, a fireplace chimney that we do not use. Mm-hmm. Um, the top of it's probably 35 feet high. So I've never been able to, get up there to cap it i'd almost need a bucket truck mm-hmm. yeah um and we've had all kinds of critters but not bees so yeah. this is something new yeah mm-hmm. if you know a beekeeper you might just check with them and see if um if they've if they can take them out with you know and still save the bees um, right, right but if not then it's going to be a pest control company okay very good appreciate it thank yeah. you so much yep thank you from Harbine there. And it wasn't the Kirk I thought it was. Huh. How about that? Uh, nobody cares, Randy. Okay. Ten minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. Yard and Garden Live. Wow. What a great bunch of calls. And we still have time for yours. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. We'll be back. Right. Let's go back to the uh, phone line uh, bumper music there from the doors. I probably should have had cheap trick, but you know, nobody in nobody I know in the right mind likes cheap tricks. So, you see, we have Brad from Beatrice uh, on the line. Hi, Brad. You have a question? Um, there are lots of people who like cheap tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. Sure, there are. <laughs> I finally figured out how to prune my peach tree, and I had peaches, 
and now they're full of worms. So when do you spray them? What do you use? How do you keep them out of there? Uh, worms. Yeah. Do you grow peaches, Lauren? I don't. Fruit I don't grow peaches, unfortunately. I I tried one year, and the squirrels kept getting uh, them, so I um, I kind of gave up. <laughs> yeah. So you know I. So peaches would be would fall in that same category. I put most of your fruit trees in with. Uh, Either you're going to have worms or you're going to spray a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so it's they've got home orchard fruit tree sprays that you can buy. Brad, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. okay. I thought I heard you would drop a call. Nah. Uh, um, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can get the home orchard fruit tree sprays. Um, spray them about every couple weeks through the growing season if it rains more often. But what those do is they've got fungicide and insecticide in them, so they'll take care of most of your problems that you find mm -hmm. in your fruit trees. Oh, okay. So, I mean, okay. we, I could, um, if I knew specifically which pest it was, um, I could figure out, you know, a specific timing, timing for yeah. that particular one. But, um, but generally, but then you have other yeah, generally so. your, any of your fruit trees, you pretty much need a, a continuous mm -hmm. spray program, you know, every few weeks from, from, you know, petal flower set, mm -hmm. pre, even pre flower. Actually pre a bud, bloom. bud swell. Yeah, yeah. bud swell. Oh. Uh, yeah, especially peaches, you okay. got to get a, a very early uh, application it, on. For peaches. My my advice, and take it for what it's worth, uh, it's much easier to go to the store and buy peaches. <laughs> <laughs> well, and peaches are very short lived in Nebraska. Yeah, the you tree know, is going to be maybe yeah. ten years. How how old is your tree, Brad? Uh, I think it's about four years old. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, next year and the next year, you get two years. You go out and you put it on this spray program. And see uh, mm -hmm. see if that doesn't help. It'd probably help, yeah. but yeah. this late in the season, I don't know that it would help for you right. for this year. Yeah. But the other thing to keep in mind with peaches is some years we get very large um, amount of peaches on the trees, and so you would want to thin those because otherwise it breaks branches, and then you got all kinds of new problems yeah. coming in. Yeah. Um, so. Um, oh, sure. Thin those so that they're one peach about every six to eight inches or so. Well, another thing you could do with those peaches is you could go ahead and harvest them and then give them to your wife's family. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my. You know, fruit trees are, yeah, they're a gigantic mm -hmm. bunch of work. They yeah. If yeah, you want, if you want really nice looking fruit. Mm -hmm. Uh, because if it isn't, you know, if it's not a, a bug or a fly or whatever, then, then you get the fungal diseases and, and it, it's one thing or another. You know, it, and, it's, and it's tough. Peaches too, in particular, you know, my dad used to grow peaches and, and yeah, it was a little bit of work, but you know, they did all right. Well, now we got Japanese beetle and Japanese right. beetle love peaches yep. and, yep, and right. you're going to get really? a lot. Yes. You're yeah. going to get a lot of defoliation Great. and you're going to get a lot of fruit damage. Oh, a lot man. of my calls have been fruit trees, yeah. cherries. Um, I think maybe some apples and they're like grapes. They like peaches. <sighs> yep. so, yeah. Yep. Great. Can I get apples? Yeah. I'm probably ready to probably got them. Probably going to come see me. Here's Gary, uh, from friend. Hi, Gary. Yes. Uh, it's the wrong time to spray 2,4-D, I presume. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have Pasture Pro herbicide. Now, is that, uh, I mean, it's got, let me look here now. Okay, d now, is that, that 
Is that is that the brand name? It's called Pasture Pro. Yeah. Okay. Or Gordon's Gordon's Pasture Pro herbicide. Okay. It says no waiting between treatment and grazing. Hmm. All right. But as far do you know what the I guess my yeah he's looking to see what it says on the label yeah. what the act yeah. okay dimethylamine salt of a two four dichlorphenoc acidic acid. That's why we just call it two four D. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's two four D. That's yeah. a long form of two four D. That's why we just yeah. go with two four D. And it says thirty three percent and then that other diethylamine salt uh well it sounds like the same, same thing, thing again. Yeah. Sixteen point three percent. Okay. So, so basically, yeah, they're, what they're telling you is, yeah, that's 2,4-D, and probably don't want to use it because right. it's just, yeah, it's just way too hot, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, so there you are. Yeah. If you have some, like, particular um, tough weeds in there that you could go in and spot spray uh, with a little glyphosate, you might be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how quickly you can bring... Uh, grazing animals back in there, right? Um, but that that would be an option because that glyphosate, i.e., Roundup, mm-hmm. uh, is is not going to be as nearly as volatile mm-hmm. as your two forty. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that that and that's would be something you could at least look into. Yeah. In other words, this is pretty well two forty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is it. yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. It's the just gli- one of the brands. Uh, yeah, the glyphosate is going to kill anything, so you need to just do a spot spray, you know, of, of yeah. what, you know, uh-huh. your thistles and your, you know, whatever else you have there. But uh, yeah, your two four D is going to be a, a difficult one to be using now. Well, all right. I wanted to make sure about that because it always it always said that you could graze right after it, and I never knew you could do that after a two four D. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I, we, uh, these, uh, these ladies here, you know, now this would be Paul Hay. Right. He would just, he would hammer this and say, well, here's the deal about that. You can do it, but it's not a good idea or whatever. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, just, uh, you know, the, the good thing is, uh, Gary, is that, you know, that it's too hot to use it. Yes. And that for that. Everybody's happy. I think our audience is, yeah. is really starting to learn that. Yeah, that's like really that. good. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's be careful with well, this that, stuff. That's excellent. We appreciate it, and thank uh, you, and thank you for the call. I, I'm going to uh, spot spray early mornings. How would that be? N- not with Just this little pro- little patches. Not with this product. No, it'll well, still not with this anyway. Yeah, because those pr- yeah. those products are are volatile for about at least three days, so like seventy two hours. Okay. So they can still yes. even if you do it early in the morning when it's cool. Once it warms up later in the day, then it moves. That's when um, it starts so moving. Then it starts yeah. moving. Yeah. Yep. Right. So it's okay. it's not even then. Yep. Yeah. If you're yeah. gonna spot, right. go out there and Thank spot spray much. with the with the Roundup, and mm-hmm. you know do as good as you can do with that. And wow, but yeah, it's. Starting to get the word out a little bit. That's good. good. We'll be back with more Yard and Garden Live. Don't go anywhere.
What? Cheap Trick? Really? Cheap Trick <laughs> bumper music? I don't think so. Get it out of here. So uh, that's going to uh, bring us to a close here on Yard and Garden Live on this Friday morning. I'm looking at the calendar, and I'm thinking, wow, two more Yard and Garden Lives for the it's summer crazy. season. And then, and then we're, we, uh, take, yeah. we take, we take, we uh, take August off mm. because everybody knows not to use 2,4-D in <laughs> August. <laughs> and, and we do come back uh, for a couple of shows in September, which uh, is, gets around to the time when we're going to start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we try to, try to come back and do a couple of shows and remind people that, you know, if hen bit's a problem, now's the time mm-hmm. to go after it and all of that good stuff. Um, so, Lori, I, thanks a lot for coming down. I, you know, Thank it's you. been great. Uh, it's it's. I always I always enjoy somebody who knows not just you know one kind of tree or you know just trees. And it sounds like you pretty much uh, have your little hand in. A lot of things out, I, outside. I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I've learned a lot just in, I've been with the Forest Service over 30 years now, yeah. and, and I've really learned a lot about all the kinds of trees that we can grow in Nebraska and the problems they have, and, you know, it's it's quite a bit, you know. Yeah. 2,4-D is one of the big ones that's hitting <laughs> a lot of our trees, not just our vegetable crops yeah. and flower crops, but right. trees too. Yeah. And, uh, but yet, you know, we're, we're, we're the tree planter state, and we're really trying to keep trees in our landscapes and um, keep them, you know, uh, here for us for all the benefits that they provide us. Yeah, and, and so. choosing the right tree, the, the right, right place, and, yep. and variety, not just planting a windbreak of all one type of trees and mm-hmm. uh, all of those good practices. And once uh, you come down, it's like the only way you don't get to come down the following year is if you retire so <laughs> that'll be a while yet good, so good. I, i'll be back good 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 good, good. and uh who do we have next week bob hendrickson coming from the statewide arboretum now you talk about trees yeah. bob is the tree person yeah, bob I, knows so let me tell much you. about so yeah, much <laughs> bob bob could come down we could put Bob right there where you <laughs> sat and turn this microphone on and go, Bob, we're going to go down and get breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> He'd still be talking when we get yep. back. Yep, yep. And he's he, great. He he's just, great. and so animated, he's great to be around. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, so we will uh, we'll yep. see you then, Nicole. Yep. That's great. Here. And until uh, next Friday, you know, everybody keep it green and just keep it growing. <laughs>